0: I want to be the best and why I play the game. But to be the best, you have to win. And that's Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk Podcast, slash YouTube, slash we do it all. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to
1: be here. My boy Jay Hazel over there in the six. How you doing, baby? Doing great. I'm doing great. Getting towards the end of these fan series interviews and, and excited to have Brett on to talk about the pacers today.
0: Oh, yeah, man. You know, we got a very exciting guest. But first, let me check in with my boy, Junior in the 714. How you doing, baby?
2: Doing good. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk about the Pacers. It's an exciting team. Always have always a great team on paper. And uh, last season, obviously, I won't even say it was their follows a lot of injuries, but a polarizing team. So we'll be excited to see what they do this season.
0: Definitely, man. We got a real polarizing team. And for a real polarizing team, you know, we had to bring a great guest, man. Again, we couldn't just bring a casual man. We had to bring a very knowledgeable fan. The uh, uh, Rhett is the host of the Pun Intended podcast. He's also a contributor at the Eight Points Nine Seconds, which is an official Indiana Pacers publication, man. Rhett, we're just very happy to have you on the show, man. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, say a little bit about yourself to the fans.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate You giving me the chance to come on and talk about the Pacers its definitely an interesting team that is certainly better on paper because on paper we have TJ Warren and in reality we do not so I'm really looking forward to talking about last season and this season so.
0: Yes, sir, man. But before we get into that, um, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor for this video, Smooth My Ball Razors, man. They got some of the best razors in the game right now, Uh, but that's not all they offer. They also offer free worldwide shipping, but that's not even the best part, man. Check this out, you guys. If you guys use the code that I'm going to put right here or in the description down below, you guys can get 15% off your razors and all shaving equipment, man. So make sure you guys go check that out. But if all that's out the way, uh, you guys ready to get into this Pacers talk? I'm ready. Let's do, ready. let's 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 do this. So, Red, the first question that we like to ask all fans here for these team interviews is: Red, as a Pacers fan, are you content with how this last season went?
3: In a way, yes. Like it's kind of odd because the season was awful. Like it was one of the worst Pacers seasons ever, and that came from both an organizational standpoint with some of the front office. Uh, coaching decisions that were obviously mistakes but then also some of the internal issues that it seemed like the team had with that coaching staff and so looking back on it it's like wow that season kind of sucked but it resulted in us getting Rick Carlisle it resulted in us like kind of looking ourselves in the mirror and being like all right we got to do something different so last season was not good but the The result of it, the fact that we learned from it and hopefully are going into a different direction and a more winning direction, hopefully, uh, I think it's ultimately a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I ultimately w- w- would agree with you. I even have here on my notes, like, I just have, like, what happened? Because, you know, this season was just crazy <laughs> for the Pacers, man. Like, it, w- we had players trying to fight coaches. We had injuries. There was a messy situation with Vic, man. So it was just a craziness, man. But I really like how, you know, you summed it up and as far as the Pacers able, are able to take this year and say, OK, well, we know this is not where we want to be. Let's go. L- let's go to this direction so um so that brings us right to my my first point and you know junior started the show right off with talking about uh the you guys have a great roster on paper and that's the that's the bone that i want to pick and honestly Brad, i just want to talk about this with you you know we could just kind of bounce off each other but like man like i just feel like for the past three or four years like you guys have consistent consistently have a decently good roster at least a contending in the playoff roster maybe not a finals run roster but you know I you guys have a good roster but it's never put together it's you guys never able to make that real deep playoff push like to be real as an NBA fan the last time I think I remember the Pacers and that playoff push was in they were playing LeBron and and uh and the big three and then Paul George was was taken off and that was a whole different Paul George so to you right you know as a Pacers fan is it management is it players is it coaching what is it and why are they never able to put it together?
3: A lot of it comes down to the injuries. At least in the last couple of years, we had one healthy season with uh, Victor Oladipo bursting onto the scene, making All NBA, taking LeBron's Cavs to seven games, and then getting screwed out of a goaltending call that ended up costing us a series. But there was a there was not a bounce call that was missed before that. But the goaltending just sticks with me. So that's the only healthy season we've had since those uh, big three Heat and Pacers matchups in the Eastern Conference Finals. So. Since then, I mean, it hasn't come down to anything the organization's done. It hasn't come down to anything the players have done, nothing like that. I mean, I think Kevin Pritchard has done a great job with now two all stars that have wanted out. He came in and immediately dealt Paul George for what seemed like an underwhelming return, but ultimately turned into two all stars themselves. And then obviously last year with Vic the the situation coming into the season he had turned down an extension wasn't sure if he was healthy and then we were able to flip him for karis Lavert 10 games into the season which before the season started i had said that brooklyn would say no to that deal and ultimately it ended up with them getting hardened so they were more than fine with it and houston obviously wants to be bad so they were more than fine with it so as long as the team is healthy We should be okay, but we're not. And so that's the only thing that I would say is like at a certain point when you're trying to scrape together on the margins as much as you can, taking risks on guys that aren't healthy to try and be better because we're not going to get a star. Like you have to have five decent starters and – Taking a a risk on TJ Warren, I would do that a hundred times out of a hundred. It's just not working right now because he's not healthy. And that's just kind of been the case for almost every Pacers transaction, at least with the starting lineup over the last couple of years. So it mostly comes down to health and I don't think we can really do anything about that.
0: OK, and, and and let me let me go to my guys. So, you know, so that's that's from the Pacers inside. But uh, Jay Hill and Junior, you know, uh, from, you know, from the outsider perspective, like what what does it seem? Is it is it injuries to you guys? Is it a uh, coaching? I know that the, uh, the the coach, the recent coaching change of Rick Harlow, You know hopefully that's going to have some big changes over there. But Jay Hill, I don't know if you want to lead us off here. How do you feel about Indiana Pacers, you know, from an outsider's perspective?
1: Yeah, obviously, uh, the turnover, uh, the injuries is a part of it. And then last year with Bjorken, I mean, that situation was just a mess. I think early on in the season, we saw that you know, obviously, you mentioned the fight and he, he lost the locker room. So, I mean, at any point in the league, when you lose the locker room, it's a problem. So success off the court, if you don't have that, it's going to translate to losses on, on the floor. So and, and then and then you look at it from the standpoint of, of, you know, the midseason trade where where they ended up getting rid of Vic. I, I know he was early hurt early on in the season. Then they end up trading him for Karis Lavert who also had his, you know, kidney um, surgery. So he wasn't healthy. So yeah, they're battling injuries, but I also look at the Pacers and I look at, you know, the front court and to me, my question is, you know, what what is that what can Sabonis and you know Miles Turner coexist there? Is Sabonis more of a five? Cause we've seen times when he's played at the five and he's thrived without Miles Turner on the floor, especially, you know, when he was injured at towards the end of the season. We saw Sabonis being, you know, more more of a four. So that's my question that I have to answer. And then also with Rick Carlisle, we've seen, you know, he has his guys, and I'm not too sure my concern going into this season is is miles turner gonna be you know a rick Carlisle guy because we've seen he his you know in the past he kind of you know goes he goes at it with players who don't you know fit his mold and i'm i'm a little skeptical about you know how miles turner is gonna gonna look in that roster and if they look to you know ship him out you know midseason and what that looked like. But those are my kind of concerns and and how I feel about the Pacers current roster. I don't know how junior how you're feeling about them.
2: I'm the same way. You know, obviously you lose a locker room becomes
1: difficult. But even
2: then, I mean, there's only so much you can do when the team is depleted through injuries. And that's that's the hardest part. I mean, I know if you remember, John, what we were talking about when the Pacers were in the play in, uh, I was looking at the roster and I was like, yeah, they absolutely should be winning this game. And then I was like, here's out to injury, out through injury, out through injury. I mean, I think Miles Turner was out. If they had, you know, I think it was, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was two or, two or three starters out through injury. And then it just, it's an uphill battle at that point, you know? So, and unfortunately, it's something you can't just game plan for. You have to, you have to, you know, just kind of take it on the chin and try to make adjustments as you go. But that, that's what makes the league so intriguing. It's so difficult.
0: Yeah, man. And, and, and you know, Jenner, you talking about uh, about the roster, that leads me perfectly to my to my next point that I want to talk. That I want to talk to you about with Rhett. And that's man, I'm expecting big things. I'm expecting big things from the Pacers this year, like how you said they now know the direction that they want to go in. They got the players that they that that they want in and Malcolm brought and Broaden, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, Miles Turner, T, uh, T.J. Warren. And then you got role players like Torian Craig, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb and T.J. McConnell. And like how we've been saying with a vet coach like Rick Carlisle, but to you, how do you, how do you feel? Are you, are you as optimistic as I am? Because man, if injuries don't hold you guys back this year, I'm, I'm trying to see a top five seed in the East.
3: That's best case scenario. And that's with Carlisle making the most of the Turner Sabonis pairing, which I personally think has been done for over a year. They did try to trade miles Turner for Gordon Hayward last year and the Celtics decided they'd rather have Tristan Thompson and Evan Fournier. Um, And so I personally don't think the two bigs works nearly as well because when you come when it comes down to it in your closing games, like it's just tough because that means either Miles Turner is on the perimeter because he's a big and he moves his feet better than Sabonis, or Sabonis is on the perimeter so that Miles can protect the rim and that's just a mismatch. And then offensively, like Miles Turner is not enough of a threat offensively to really take advantage of the mismatch that Sabonis creates by being able to facilitate from the high post and, and from pretty much wherever on the floor. So, it's just an awkward fit. And if there's any coach that's going to be able to do it, it's going to be Carlisle. And so, if uh, one of the questions I put out to to Twitter to see what everybody thought was like how many games is Carlisle going to give the two bigs before he's just like, no this isn't it like what, what is that going to look like? Because he's apparently got more say with the front office and the roster construction and team moves and stuff like that than um, more than any other coach in the league. I think one of our insiders for the Indy star said that he's got like top three in the league, say for the front office. So it's like, it's a collaborative effort, but I have no idea what this team is going to be because if TJ Warren's not healthy, we saw it last year. He's one of their only wings that's like, a legit wing. Obviously they brought in Torrey Craig. So they learned from that mistake. And they actually said that they brought him in because they weren't sure of his status, which scares me uh, because TJ Warren is incredibly important for this team. But if, if TJ Warren's going to be out, let's say he misses half the season and then Turbonus, they keep them all together. I don't see how they're anything more than a six seed because it's just, it's just a weird fitting roster. And, there's going to be those nicks that come through and like take Malcolm Brogdon out for a five game stretch. Karis Leverka, like we've just got guys that inherit, they just get nicked up like that. So I'm not that optimistic, but I also expect for there to be roster changes and anytime there's a roster change, especially in the starting lineup, there's going to be growing pains. So hey, let, me, let me ask you something,
2: yeah. Red.
1: Oh, you want to go ahead?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just real quick. So, so great. Right, yeah. You kind of addressed
1: on my, my question that I was going to ask you about, you know, the front court or the question I had for their roster, which was, you know, I, I don't really see that Sabonis and Miles Turner can coexist. Well, the next question I have for you then is, you know, you, you talked a little bit about Malcolm Brogdon and, and, you know, yesterday ESPN released or this past week, they released, you know, their notorious ESPN top 100 ranking. And we saw that Malcolm Brogdon, was uh you know 39 previous, the previous and the previous year's ranking and he went all the way to 65. so my question to you is you know you brought him in from, from Milwaukee obviously and and it, or he signed there you know you know expecting a bigger role and and we saw that he he did kind of live up to that you know at the beginning of the season and then I saw a bit of a dip and my question to you is you know to compete especially in the east I find that you need, a a solid you know point guard a point guard who can score facilitate and I believe Malcolm Brogdon can do all those things but do you see that he can be you know at least you know to me I see him as the second or first option however you want to look at it with Sabonis so what do you what do you think what are your thoughts on on Malcolm Brogdon and kind of kind of talk about that
3: Brogdon is an interesting player because he's He's big. He's like six, 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 five, six, six. So he's big and he's strong, but he's not especially fast. And he's not great at point of attack against quick guards, like the Kyries and now the Kembas and the Trey Young's like stuff like that. He doesn't do very well with that. He's better guarding up a position. So at least defensively, Brogdon is a little bit iffy with this team because Karis Levert is also not a great defender, but as far as Brogdon, as a player himself, I really like him. I think he's better than the ranking that ESPN gave him, which I think is part of the point of those rankings is to talk about him. So here we are, but there's no way he should have dropped down that far. He's definitely a top 50 player in the league. I would say pretty generously. He was going, I believe he should have been the all-star in his first season here. I think he got hurt um, right before the voting. And so Sabonis kind of carried that over and, and took that spot for him. But I think he was probably our best player. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case moving forward anymore. It's just Lavert is better with the ball in his hands because he's not that great of a shooter. So then you've got Brogdon playing off ball and all of that, but there's plenty of shots to go around and there's apparently plenty of minutes because of the, uh, the, the, the Warren injury and obviously the injuries that are coming. So I really like Brogdon. I'm not sure he's, the like for sure point guard, because like I said about the defensive intru- intricacies between him and Lavert, but I really like him. And I think he's uh he's, he's a great, great player to have.
2: So let me ask you something now with, we were talking about Miles Turner, that Miles Turner, Demonte Sabonis combination. So it sounds like you're ready to move on for Miles Turner. Who would be, or is that correct? First.
3: I don't know what the returns are for Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis. I don't know what other teams are offering them. My So personal, Sabonis is
2: not off the table?
3: No, he shouldn't okay. be. No, nobody on the Pacers should be. We don't have – I mean, even though the rankings are wrong, they're not wrong that we don't have a top 25, 30 player. So if you don't have that, there's no reason to say any of those players shouldn't be available. I find so, it – It's go ahead.
0: No, I just want to ask. So not, not, no players on the Pacers are untouchable to you?
3: They shouldn't be not for the, I mean, I'm not trying to sell them all. Like I'm not yeah. going around just yeah. trying to move everybody, but for the right price. Yeah, exactly. If I could price. go out and, and turn two starters into Ben Simmons or turn two starters into Jalen Brown, like anybody like that, anybody who's a for sure top 25, 30 player, I would do it. And I think that Kevin Pritchard would also do it. But again, I don't know what the deals are. I imagine that Miles Turner is probably more sought after because he's a better fit because Sabonis is going to be the focal point of your offense. What does that mean yeah. for a team? I don't know, like how good can a team be with a guy who's small, like relatively, small. he's 6'11", but like he's got a small week span. He's not a vertical athlete, great offensively, but like people compare him to Jokic. He's not Jokic. He's <laughs> he's not, like not even close. Jokic, one MVP, like it's it's not close. So I don't know. It seems like Miles Turner is the one that's going to be traded just because he's been in trade rumors in the past and and it's easier for teams to go out and get him as more like that final piece rather than in this league that's so perimeter oriented, a team going out and be like, we want to build around Demontis Sabonis.
2: And and so ultimately my question is, will what is your dream, I guess, pairing that you can make with Sabonis? Assuming you you want to, you know, proceed, even if it's not for the rest of the franchises, you know, uh, next 15, 10, 15 years, but just for the immediate future, let's say, you know, you want to ship out Miles Turner and you want to build around Sabonis, who's your dream pairing that you can get in return? For 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 Miles Turner.
3: Yeah, it has to be a wing. I think like it has to be somebody who can slide in and play the three or the four next to Warren, assuming Warren stays two. And if he doesn't, then that's even more of a reason to get a three or a four back from Miles Turner. So, I think one name that has always kind of stood out is Jeremy Grant. I don't think Detroit does that, but I really like Jeremy Grant as that prototypical big wing who can do some things with the ball, without the ball, and then obviously he's a good defender too. So that. That would be great to have, especially because, like I said with Sabonis, not a not a great defender. He's not terrible, but just small. He's just limited in what he can do. So just needs to have good defenders around him. And like I said, cares alert, not a great defender. So you need to bring in somebody that can that can do well on that end of the floor.
2: There's a great defender available right now. He's not very good at shooting, but he's a fantastic. That would be defender. a terrible
3: fit with Demontis Sabonis. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I would still want them to do it because I would. It's just like consolidate a starter, get a star player in, but yeah, that would just get ugly.
2: That would that would it'd be a little tough. I think the whole thing we've been, we've been doing these guests, these uh, 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 fan interviews, and it's always been like, do you want Ben Simmons? How can you fit Ben Simmons in your team? And it's just basically like a like an ad lib game.
1: All right, Red, that, that leads us to our next our next segment here we like to do on, on Clutch Talk. And that's our Clutch Talk timeout. So basically what I'm going to ask you is for the Pacers, the first question is, who is the go-to guy? Who's the clutch player? Who, who are you drawing up a play? Who's got the ball in their hands? Clutch minutes, clutch time. You need a bucket. You're down two. You're down three. Um, who are you going to? You got Malcolm Brogdon. You got Karis Lavort, who you talked about, who's a good playmaker. Um, I'd like to see, we saw obviously, you know, his, his three point percentage drop when he came to, to, to Indiana, might've been to his kidney surgery. I don't know what it was. You got DeMontis Sabonis. Maybe you got miles Turner, but offensively I'm kind of skeptical of him, but who's your go-to guy in,
3: in your opinion for the Pacers? I think it's gotta be Lavert because what I mentioned earlier about Brogdon being a better catch and shoot player. So if you've got Lavert handling the ball, trying to create a shot, you got, assuming Sabonis is screening for him, so that's a good start. Then you've got guys like Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon surrounding them around the perimeter. That's just an easy way to to make the most of what everybody's good at. But Brogdon has been especially clutch, so I, I wouldn't be upset about Brogdon taking the shot either.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, a lot, definitely a lot of good options. But I would have to agree with you on that Karis LeVert part. Yeah. So then my, my second part of this question is uh, to Ray, who, who for you is going to be the opening night, Rick Carlisle, say you Rick Carlisle, starting uh, starting lineup for you? And then talk a little bit about your rotation. You know, you got the rookie, Chris Dorte. Um, from, from Oregon, you know, T.J. McConnell is the dog off the bench who you re-signed, and then you got Tory Craig, a, a great addition from, from Phoenix uh, in the offseason. So talk a little bit about your starting
3: lineup and, and your rotation. Well, I'd really like for T.J. Warren to be in that starting lineup, but he won't be. And so I think Justin Holliday will start the season in that starting lineup next to Brogdon, LaVert, Sabonis, and Turner. Uh, he did that last year when Warren was hurt and did a good job, but wore down pretty quickly. But I think Chris Duarte will – like if T.J. Warren doesn't play any games this season again, Chris Duarte will end up starting by the time the year's over with because the front office and Rick Carlisle apparently believe in him. They think he's the future at that three spot, like two, three, whatever you want to call it, on the wing. They think he's the future. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get in there. I actually went through the exercise of building a Pacers rotation, trying to see what exercise. I, yeah. Oh my gosh. It sucks. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard because we've got, well, we had 13 guys that deserved minutes, but Edmund Sumner tearing, tearing his Achilles is just mm. awful. So up to 12, you have to have Jeremy lamb in there. Cause they want to trade him. He's an expiring 10 mil. So you want to get him minutes. It's really going to be, I think you've got TJ McConnell, Chris Duarte, Torrey Craig, and then Goga Patadze coming off the bench. And then O'Shea set I'd like for him to get minutes so they can see what he can do. But he's probably on the outside looking in as long as Jeremy Lamb is out there, unless he proves that he wasn't a fluke from last year. Because last year, I mean, he shot 42% from three and 48% from the field. Like, I mean, he's never been a good shooter. So you kinda, you're kind of skeptical of that. And I think the team bringing in Torrey Craig speaks to that a little bit. So Brogdon Levert, Holiday Sabonis Turner and then McConnell Duarte Craig Lamb and Goga.
2: So that's a that's a solid rotation. So let me ask you something, Red. Uh, we have our resident Domonte Sabonis fan club leader here, and that's John. I mean, he absolutely <laughs> loves Sabonis, and and I wanted to ask you. We've obviously been seeing him improving year after year, and in the NBA, I'd say there's. There's two bigs that are in their own category. That's Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. I might be forgetting somebody, but I think there are two are in their own, you know, their own category. After that, you know, you have your Gobert's, your call Anthony Towns, Townses. I don't know how the, what the plural is, <laughs> but, but uh, you know. Um, and I think Sabonis kind of fits in that in that second, maybe third tier. You know, you think about what, what the Vucevic is. So do you see him this season making that jump to that top tier? doesn't necessarily have to be better than Embiid or Jokic, but I'm saying, can he be the third best uh, big in the league? Do you think he can make that jump this year? Adebayo is another name there too.
3: I was just about to say, it would take a lot for me to put Sabonis in that top group just because of the shot creation limitations that he's had so far. If he takes a jump in shot making for himself – like whether it be off the bounce or just pull up like hitting more from 3 anything like that then that's going to be huge for him because of the defensive limitations I've already talked about like there's there's only so much you can do with a right a equal or negative wingspan so I don't I don't know I it'll be tough because Towns is just the better version of what Sabonis is offensively mm-hmm. like that he, I doubt he'll ever be able to pass him and then Gobert we know the impact he has on the game obviously not especially on defense yeah exactly but and then bam bam does a lot of the same things sabonis does maybe not asked to do as much but also a way better defender so i think he's pretty firmly in that fifth spot for uh centers in the league but like i said if he can if he can create his own shot and and really go to a different level of scoring then it'll be tough to keep him behind guys like gobert and bam who just aren't asked to do that as much do you see him making that jump this season I don't know. I'm, I want to say no, because I don't want the Pacers to ask him to do that. Because if he's doing that, it means guys like Levert, Brogdon, and Warren are still hurt. But at the same time, I I hope that he can. And I hope that they do ask him to do that for stretches, because that changes the math on how you should be able to build your team and what you need to put around him on either end of the floor. If he can create his own shot, then you just need guys that can stand around and, and knock down some threes and slash, take advantage of his passing. But if he can't, then you really need to keep guys like Brogdon and Lavert around to handle that playmaking slash shot creation role.
2: Yeah. I think ultimately what happens with Miles Turner is going to determine a lot of how much De Montezabonos can improve this season, as in who they're going to bring in from if they get rid of him. There's there's too many unknowns. I know it's kind of a tough question. But we asked the tough questions here.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and you know, you guys, you know, speaking on, on the rotation. Well, my question to you, Red, is is the guy who's going to be making these changes in the rotation, and and that's Rick Carlisle, who you know, it was out in Dallas, and then you know, management saw that it was time for a second stint in Indiana, and they obviously believe in him. I mean, he's won a championship as a coach. But what are your you know expectations and thoughts and feelings about Rick Carlisle, you know, coming back to to Indiana? Uh, for this second stand after, you know, having some controversy in Dallas at times, you know, with Luca, um, other situations, other players, but what are your feelings and thoughts, you know, about him coming back to Indiana this year?
3: I'm extremely excited to have Rick Carlisle as my coach, because I, like I mentioned about trying to get players and improve on the margins and taking risk on injured guys, like now we're not at a deco- coaching disadvantage, like to, almost any team in the league. He's for sure a Hall of Fame level coach, for sure a top three, five coach in the NBA. So having that on your sideline is just massive, especially when you consider what we had last year um, and how ugly that got. So being able to have not only that high level of coaching, but that level of stability, and especially when you're on your third coach in three years and there's might there might have been some roster discontent, like locker room issues with that, if anybody has any issues with Rick Carlisle, it's their fault. Like it's them. It's not going to be Rick Carlisle. So in that regard, that level of stability, at least from the rock locker room perspective, is just going to be massive. And then obviously, you get into the Xs and Os and he's one of the best. So I'm really looking forward to see what he can do with everybody.
0: Yeah, man. Rick Carlisle's got he's got a lot. What's up, Jay?
1: No, no, I was I was just re, I, I think it's a great move bringing back, you know, just everything you said. He's a championship coach, you know, X's and O's. There's not much better. No, not much better not, that I can think of in the league better than Rick Carlisle. So I think it's a it's a great re-signing or everywhere you want to say it back to Indiana.
0: Man, that's a, that's a proven winning coach, man. So, um, so, uh, Brett, you know, as we start to uh, wrap up here, two questions that we like to ask for these fan interviews. Um, first being, you know, barring, barring health. You know, we've just talked about most of this episode, we talked about how you guys have had bad health, bad health, bad health. But let's say you guys get one good year, healthy year, entire roster. Where do you see you guys finishing and how deep in the playoffs do you guys go?
3: Four or five seed, if everybody's healthy and TJ Warren comes back and everything works with Turbonus, I think four or five seed is pretty legit. I I mean, you're not getting one or two. You're just just not getting it. And then obviously you don't know what's going to happen with Philly, Miami, Boston. But four or five would be solid more towards the higher end of where we could be. And then it all comes down to matchup, especially if they still have the two bigs. Like if you run into a team like Boston and they don't want to play two bigs, then you've got somebody like DeMontis Sabonis guarding Jason Tatum. And that's just, that's just Barbecue not going to work chicken. out very well. Yeah. That's just not going to work out well. <laughs> yeah. Like Any team that can go small will be an issue for the Pacers, but I don't see why if everything goes right, they can't win a first round series.
0: Okay. All right. And then last question that we like to ask here is if you could give us one word or one phrase to describe how you felt as a Pacers fan this past year, and then one word or one phrase to describe how you feel as a Pacers fan coming into this next year.
3: Last year, confused. This year, optimistic. Cautiously (laughs) optimistic. That's two words, but I'm going with it okay I, race, like it. I like it i like it i
0: like it man well th- 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 this is a good place for us to uh enter here our closing segment that we do here uh right when we have this closing segment called guest the player this is how guest the player works i have five players here listed uh i have here accolades things that they did jersey numbers thing that they wore and all you got you jay hill jr you guys each have two guesses you can blurt it out as soon as you know the hints will get easier as they go you got it yep all right let's, let's do it. this man so our first player He played for four teams. He got his jersey retired by his college team. He's a six-time All-Star, a one-time NBA champion, most famously known for wearing number seven.
3: Jermaine O'Neal? No, No. O'Neal wasn't champion. Dang it.
0: A one-time gold medalist. Okay. Played on the team that Kawhi Leonard hit a crazy shot and bounced like Kyle started. Lowry. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir.
3: Yes, sir. I was thinking <laughs> Pacers. Man, I, I had uh, yeah. that Jermaine
1: O'Neal was a good
3: guess, though. Yeah, yeah, Jermaine O'Neal was see. a really good why, guess. I don't know yeah. why. I just figured he might have got a ring on the tail end of a bench somewhere. But. Yeah. All
0: right, here we go. Next player. This guy, he played for one team his entire career. He got five All-Stars throughout his career. He got his jersey retired by his college team and his NBA team. He's a one-time 50-40-90 member. Reggie Miller. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) I had to throw a Pacer one in there later. You did.
3: Now I was thinking the whole league. I was like, okay, it's not going to be a Uh, (laughs) Pacer. He got me. me. (laughs) All right, here we go.
0: Here we go. All right, next player, next player. This guy is a one-time NBA champion, a four-time All-Star. He played for five teams while in the NBA. He was drafted by the Phoenix Suns has probably one of the most unorthodox jumper in the league. Sean Marion.
2: Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. There you go. Sean Marion.
0: There you go. All right. Man, we... that
2: Sean Marion jumper was insane. That
0: jumper was <laughs> like. <laughs>
2: right, he he hit, too. He, was a he good hit.
0: Shooter. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Our next player. This guy, he has a jersey retired by two teams in the NBA. Same jersey number, but two different teams. He is a one-time NBA champion, a 10-time All-Star, a one-time All-NBA First team member, Michael Jordan was shitting on his guy. <laughs> okay? He's, yeah. The two teams
3: was... That doesn't narrow it down very much, I know. I know. I was gonna
1: say. I was going to say Brian
0: Russell. The, the two teams were the Rockets and the Blazers that he got his team retired for.
1: Okay. Oh, Clyde Drexler. Clyde the Clyde, oh, yeah, Clyde, yeah, Clyde the Clyde.
0: <laughs> Come on. I was talking because you know Mike, Mike, That's Mike was talking shit about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> all
0: right, here we go. All right. Last player. Last player. This guy is a one time 50 40 90 member. A one time NBA champion. A four time all NBA first team member. A 14 time all-star. Dirk Nowitzki. Yes, sir. Jeez. Yes, sir. Okay.
2: Jeez. Yes, sir. I, had to, I, I, I thought it was going to be Dirk because he said 50, 40, 90, one-time champion. But I thought it was going to be Ky Kyrie. Five-time? Oh. Only a five-time? Oh. That's what threw me off because I was like,
3: man, yeah, sure that's, that's, Dirk had yeah, it that's one. true. I, I could have sworn Dirk would have
2: – yeah, I was like, ah, oh, let's just try. I had, to, I had to throw one out there, man. I didn't have a single <laughs> player so far.
0: Oh, man, well, it, it, this is a good place for us to go ahead and here and wrap it up, man. Brett, we want to thank you very much, man, for uh, making time and coming on here and talking to us. You're very knowledgeable, uh, not just a Patriots fan, but very knowledgeable uh, NBA fan. Do you got any uh, last words to say here before we uh, check off?
3: No, not at all. really appreciate you guys having me on. If anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, it's at Rhett underscore Bauer, R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R.
0: Yes, sir, man. For all the fans watching on YouTube, I'm gonna put Rhett, uh, Rhett's Twitter right there, man. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the pun intended podcast also right there, and uh, make sure you guys go check out Eight Points Nine Seconds, man. Rhett has some great, great quality on there. Great work on there. So uh, Jay Hill, uh, you got any last words to say for Pacers and uh, Rhett?
1: Nah, Rhett, really appreciate you coming on today, and, and yeah, no, I'm looking forward. Really looking forward. I hope for the Pacers' health this year, and I'm excited to see what Rick can do back back at, at, at the Pacers. Yes, the
2: sir. Junior? Yes.
1: No, just thank you.
2: Thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on. It was a blast to talk to you. Uh, like I said at the beginning, an exciting team. We're going to see now, you know, if they can kind of just get it, get a little bit of luck, honestly, and just staying healthy and then, and then seeing what Rick Carlisle can do with his roster. So, you know, best of luck to you guys this season. Yes, thank sir, man.
0: Uh, for all the fans don't forget to like comment subscribe and make sure you guys go follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok it'll be right here and in the description down below man all right we out here y'all clutch talk out